It's 1984 and Oingo Bongo were rumoured to have gone their own ways only after three releases, but little did the public know that the debut album from Danny Elfman was secretly a Bongo project. What is it about? How did it come about? And why do the fans consider Solo by Danny Elfman the true fourth album from the eclectic and eccentric rock band Oingo Boingo? All that and more on the Vinyl Hub. You can find today's episode in audio form to take it with you on the go over on my podcasting page on AKRFM, The Variety Show with Liam. Welcome back to The Vinyl Hub. This is still long awaited episode 5. <laughs> I don't know why it took me so long to actually get around to making a brand new episode, but here we are today reviewing, as you can see on the screen, Solo from Danny Elfman, released in 1984 under the MCA Records label. So, I discovered this album recently, very recently, when I was listening to a, a Boingo LLI bootleg on YouTube, which featured some of the, well, at the time, unheard of songs to my ears from Oingo Boingo's back catalogue, including the iconic Lost Song, Cinderella Undercover, which obviously has gone on now to be re-released and remastered in Boingo Alive. But then this song came on the set list called Gratitude played and caught my attention. So I did what any music, nerdy music lover would do and looked up where the song is from. And it came to my surprise this earworm came off Danny Alfred's first solo output, put as solo. So I had to get out to myself and listen to this album in full. So why did Danny, so why the Danny Alfred name instead of Bonga Bonga on this record? Well, folks, it's time for a history lesson. Solo was produced during a hiatus of Oingo Boingo. Following the departure of Hatch and Gibbs, Elfman described the album as a chance to experiment with slower tempos, and added that it was a fun thing, it was fun to do some ballads and try to step out of the image that a lot of people have of the image of him being a person who would just write fast tunes and crazy stuff that was seen in only a lad, nothing to fear and the more recent album of the time, Good For Your Soul. It also came out at a time when the IRS switched label partners from AMM to MCA, and MCA seeing the poor sales of the previous albums, as mentioned earlier, only a lad, nothing to fear, and at that point in their career, Good For Your Soul, figured just smack the Danny Elfman name on the record and it would do better, but secretly little did the new company MCA know that Elfman had packed his Boinger band inside his little briefcase to record the songs which would mark the last time the OG lineup would appear before the iconic Dead Man's Party would take over from there a year later. This album was recorded in 83-84 at the Ground Control Studios in Santa Monica and released in November of 84 and featured a guest appearance from then new bass player Flea who is now grown on known to be the best player for Red Hot Chili Peppers, who had just worked on his own band's solo release in 1984. Ongo Bronco, Steve, guitarist Steve Bartek, stated that Solo was mostly a band record and that Danny Elfman signing a solo contract for MCA was known as manipulation. As the label was not particularly interested in Ongo Boinger. However, 
Alfden wanted to continue the band and convinced MCA to sign them as well, while abandoning his solo contract following the release of Solo. So, that catches you up to speed. How many singles were pulled from the album itself? There was only one single, and it's known as Gratitude. It was also put on the soundtrack's release for the 1984 cult classic movie Beverly Hills Cop and was released in 1985 elsewhere, including here in Australia, which you can pick up as a picture of the sleeve. So, now that we've got all that out of the way, let's dive into some songs. Gratitude. Opening solo is a single release, and boy, it's a motherfucking catchy-ass song. The lyrics, to me, speak about defining what gratitude is and having it. Like the iconic line from the song, now is that gratitude. The song starts off with this DX7 pipe intro riff. And I really like it. I think it's really cool. Props off to uh, I think it's Gibbs who did that for the last for the last album he appeared on for any Danny Alfman project. It's a really great one and I love it. Um so yeah before bursting into the main song. Elfman's vocal delivery on this one is probably one of my favourites he did for the early years of material and uh alongside the harsh and rage-fueled delivery on Grey Matter from the Nothing to Fear album. You know, these these ones are easily some of my favourites off the record. Uh, Tough as Nails, showcasing the new wave feel in the drum beat. I'm sorry, please don't beat me on Danny Elfman. Uh, this is a story from 1987, in which, in a French TV interview, you can see that Danny Elfman's a black eye. While uh, he caught someone saying Onko Bonko was a new wave band, they were never a new wave band. They're always post-punk. They're post-punk, they're ska, and they're rock to me. <laughs> anyway, yes. It's showcasing this new sort of ska-funk feel, I think. Tough as Nails was the B-side to Gratitude and fits the Beverly Hills Cop feel with the lyrics but definitely painting the picture of the iconic band character from the film portrayed by Eddie Murphy. The bass is pretty funky and is definitely can be traced back to guest musician Flea of Chili Peppers fame, who did the bass on this album, which can explain the style of Alavia John's style bass playing in following on your records. This song, again, really nice song and definitely one of my favourites. The Last Time Reaching out for a Wang Chong points on the curve feel with the guitar work and synth interplay, The Last Time struck to me as a decent song. Certainly not one of Elfman's best by all means, but for a solo effort, it does the job. This solo in the song is definitely a tasty one. I like that one a lot. And uh, yeah, the synthesis has this Sith mandolin feel to it in the verses and the bridges. Definitely give that one a listen. The cover itself. This one, I really love this cover a lot. It defines what the A's were in terms of like, the neon pop type of style that was scattered through covers and the whole sort of early use of like 3D polygons. The jagged feel of 3D polygons of Danny Elfman rendered onto the cover. The use of the cools and the warm colours provides us with an interesting style that is yet of the time but also cool. The font style carryovers from Good From Your, Good From Your Soul in 1983 and it's cool to see this style reused, as I love the Good For Your Soul cover too. Typical of the time in the mid-80s for the style album cover. 
So, so what else is known from this album besides being a solo release, being a one-off? He wouldn't go on to do another solo album again until Big Mess in 2021, which is actually a pretty nice album. You know, very different from what he did in 1984, so, you know, that too. So, I guess where it is, so how does it sort of release and, you know, stack up against where the other stuff is, so. In terms of early years Oingo, as I definitely consider it canon to early years Oingo rather than later years Oingo, um, I probably would put it third place for me. Last Place is good for your soul. I think that that was cool and all, but I think this one just gets a bit higher because of Gratitude. Then followed by Only a Lad, and then Nothing to Fear. Nothing to Fear will always be my favourite A&M solo, not solo, Oingo record. <laughs> so how does it relate to like the likes of Dead Man's Party, Born Oingo, Dark and Air, just that, just the and the AMC MCA is material. So it obviously with the experimentation in the slower style songs and more of the more of the uh, sort of you know synthy poppy feel, it kind of gave way to see what Danny Elfman was going to achieve. And uh yeah, you know, like I said, some of the songs here they you know could have been topped out with some of the unreleased stuff from Good For Your Soul and made a really nice solo effort as well. I mean, two of the tracks in here were meant to be meant to be for Good For Your Soul, Cool City, and Lightning. So overall, it's a it's a great starting point and only point for the 80s solo material for Danny Elfman. He would later reform the band yeah, he would later he would later get the band back together in a new form for Oingo Boingo's critically acclaimed Dead Man's Party album in nineteen eighty five the next year. So what do I rate this out of five? Considering everything and how it's rated in my AM years list, I would say three point five. Because I know Danny Elfman probably has some feelings towards that are probably not are not of good. And I can definitely see that. There's only like a little couple of songs here and there that are highlights and you know, they're rather or less not the best material that he's put out. You know, like I said, the earlier year stuff for the AM label is great. And then obviously stuff that came out afterwards, even in their final two albums, uh Dark End of the Tunnel and Boinger when they were just known as Boinger in 1995. Solid material too. This was just like a little detour, just to see what he could do by himself. And put that in quotation marks, because it's a Boinger album. So, if it had if it had some songs to change, maybe even some unreleased songs, and called it a Boinger album, probably would be one of my favourite ones he'd done. You know, if they do some of the lost songs from the AMM years, like, they finally put on Cinderella Undercover. I like that. Lots of other cool stuff. So, yeah. That's, uh, there you go, the final hub, episode 5. It's taken me so long to finally put it out, but we did it.
Uh, so, while I've got your attention about the variety show of Liam, uh, we've got some exciting news. Coming soon to the podcast, episode 3 is going to be a very, 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 very special guest interview. We're interviewing Doctor Who's Sophie Altered. It's my first ever TV in the three celebrity guests coming on the show, and it's going to be fantastic. So, you know, this it's just one of these things that, you know, you never thought in, would happen in your life that it happens. And the other one that I want to mention is in round about the same time, late May, early June, we're also having Steve Hackett, who's also coming on the show too. He'll be probably appearing after Survivor's episode. And I will be talking about his Australian tour, talking about the Cremazy Years box set as well, and, you know, what was like putting all, our, all, those, all those albums out again, etc. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Look forward to the next episode, whether the vinyl I choose to, or album I choose to review next. <laughs> Until then, this has been Liam from the Vinyl Hub and also the Variety Show with Liam, for those who are listening to the podcast version. Uh, yeah, wish you a good day, and uh, yeah. Until then, keep your eyes out on the socials for any more updates on the projects, and uh, yeah. Also check out, um, Believe You Me, Blomanche. It's uh, my Truby Band page to Blomanche that I did this year. And uh, hopefully you can see some cool content about Blomanche, including a tutorial on how to do the God's Kitchen baseline on keyboard. So, yeah, there's a bit of a self-promotion. Leaving the links for you to check out. And, uh, yeah, until then, catch us all later. Have a good one.